Howdy, all. It is Hockey Buzz Show and Tell with Russ Cohen. Go ahead, Russ. Hey. <laughs> this came out of Upper Decks the Cup. This is a pretty good keeper right here. Oh, I like that. And it's on a game use stick. It's not yeah. on a, uh, you know, manufactured. Manufactured. I like that card. Did, did, they, were they, did they send you a, a 10 for a review? Yeah. That's that's nice. It's nice. That's a really nice card. Christmas that's is coming. Card. Yeah. Did I tell nice you, Russell, you, of all the people we do the show with, you're my favorite? <laughs> <laughs> nice, clear well, signature. You got to well, give you credit for that. Mario's well, great. Beautiful. That. Yeah, he has well, a beautiful signature. We know that's the case, Dan, because all you do is insult me all the time. It's <laughs> fair. You know, you heard the ones you love, Mike, and I really love you. There you go. That's I will say this, I'm, partial, I'm partial to this card because I wrote the card back for it. It's a Pierre-Luc Dubois leaf. From last nice. year. Uh, who was your rookie out of the out of the ten? Which anybody good? My rookie was Linus Olmark, which is okay. That's not bad. No, no, it's, it's hard to get a good rookie out of there. Yeah, Linus Olmark is okay. I I don't think he'll make it with Buffalo, but he might make it somewhere. I'll tell you what. I, I'll trade you Lemieux for a MLB Network sweatshirt. What do you think? No. No comment. What if I got Kevin Millar to sign it? Would that help? I was going to say. You know, that was the funniest that? thing. Even if you got Kevin Millar to sign it, no deal. What about Pedro? Dan, that, that would actually lower the value because I'd probably wipe my butt with it. Uh, uh, I am not a huge Pedro fan. Okay. Even I, though I, even I think he did okay with the Mets. I also think he, he took him for some cash. What about, Uncle, what about Uncle Cliff? Uncle Cliff would be a good one. See, yeah, I can get you. Yeah, Uncle Cliff's my boy. We can, we can talk about that. I like Cliff Uncle Cliff. Lloyd. Cliff Lloyd was a first-round pick of my, of my team in Stratomatic Baseball back in the, the – <laughs> Whenever, late 80s, early 90s, whenever he was. Like 92, 93, something around there. Because I remember they were, there was the Harrisburg Senator team, the double A team of the Montreal Expos, might be one of the greatest minor league teams ever assembled. They were amazing. Yeah, they had everybody before. Cliff Lloyd, Marquise Grissom, Larry Walker. It was, it was a who's who. on that team? A little bit before Vlad Guerrero. It was a couple years later. Okay. Yeah, I remember Cliff Floyd. Uh, didn't he? Didn't he blow out his knee at first base? Some no wrist. His wrist. It was one wrist. of those things where the ball blew, and the guy ran right into his hand, and yeah. he wasn't the same. He still had some good years after that, but he was never the same player. One of the, one of the saddest things. I mean, my first book, Strike Three, which is a self-published book, we covered the '94 strike, the '95 replacement players, and those Expos got screwed. Man, that was yeah. an amazing team. Like it they was, would won, they would have won the World Series that year. They would have. You know, you know how there are players who like um, the the untapped potential. I mean, the, the guys that they were so ballyhooed as being great prospects, and they never never got there. And uh -huh. this will be a name that you'll you'll remember. I think he was a Met prospect. Was Floyd Yeomans? Oh yeah, but he, I was thinking I was thinking of Generation K. Yeah. <laughs> You guys really want to hurt me today. You can't hurt me after the Jets game. Do you understand? Oh, you know, it's so funny. It was real quick before we start the show. Obviously, everybody knows I work at the MLB Network, which is right next to MetLife Stadium. Right. And I, I ran out to get a coffee like around – I ran out to get a coffee like around 9 o'clock. I'm not making this up. The Dunkin' Donuts, I can see MetLife Stadium. I can hear MetLife Stadium, and the Colts scored, and I just heard like a fifty-five thousand. Oh, yeah. you could hear like this groan, and it was. It wasn't I wish I was It was half a stadium. They were it half was, full. Uh, it was. It was funny. My girlfriend, who's not even a football fan, she saw the highlights today. She's like, "Were they trying to lose?" Yeah, I do want to educate the public for a second, though. When 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 it gets reported that like tickets are selling for five bucks and ten bucks on StubHub. I want to tell the fans, do you understand the owner doesn't care? That's the secondary market. The owner already sold the ticket to the season ticket holder who's now getting screwed on the game because he can't get anything for it. The owner right. doesn't care about that. I want to let you know that. Yeah, but the, the problem is, like that whole thing, of don't buy season tickets. These people bought personal seat licenses. They're mm -hmm. not going yeah, to. But not with the 300 level for the Jets. Jets fans never gave in on the 300 level. So the 300 level, the only seats that ever go up for sale that aren't PSL. With the Giants, it was the whole stadium. Right. All right, let's start. All let's right. start the show. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Tuesday, December 6th, 2016. I'm Dan Petru. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Ogello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Wasn't a particularly busy night in the NHL. I think it was four games. I'm struggling. Four games. Yep, four games. 
Yeah. I was right there. I watched uh, them all, yep. <laughs> I watched some of all of them. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But There's Russ, nothing better than the mosaic when you put all four games up at once. Yeah, I just watched highlights, I'll be honest. Yeah, that's you know, NHL, NHL Live is good for that. Yes, but, uh, you, Russ, you wanted to bring up something that you heard uh, on one of the shows this morning. Cause yeah, on the, on the Sportsnet show, Nick Kiprios was sort of like thumping his chest for the Leafs saying, hey, we've got all this. They all, and He didn't say we. He said they have all this money to spend. Good for them if they're going to have $11 million tied up in the Marlies. They can afford it. They could afford this. They could afford Enroth. They could afford – well, you know, that is going to run out because – the more they draft younger players, once they get out of their entry-level deals, the money will start getting sucked up like every other club in hockey. Sure. Now, the problem is when you're playing all of these guys that you have contracted out to the Marlies, you are taking away time from other developing players. And Nick Kiprios didn't seem to care about that because he thinks the Marlies, you know, the, the Leafs and Marlies can afford that. Affording it is one thing. Moving the organization forward is another. And that's something that some teams have fallen into years ago, and it's a bad situation. If it, and for the long, you know, let's say it goes on the entire year, you are now taking playing time away from guys that maybe you thought would make your team next year but could be set back another year because they just don't see the ice because you're playing guys that the coach likes and maybe they'll call up for 10 games this year and you're paying them, so you might as well play them and you're selling seats in the AHL. It's a complicated, you know, model there. But and and they the Islanders used to go through that, Dan, in, in Bridgeport, but they don't anymore because the one thing I'll give Garth credit for is they'll always play the youngsters down there. Always. Always. No, they always they do they do get a fair shot. Um real quick before we move on, Chris Sales to the Red Sox is done. Okay. Yep. Wow. Thankfully, so, uh, not the Nationals. Good job. Uh, Red uh, the Red Sox are trading. Oh, I think he's the number one prospect in baseball, Moncada. He's one of the oh, top. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a pretty big prospect. So. The catching yeah. prospect or the second baseman? He's third third baseman, I believe. Third, base, yeah. third baseman. All right, moving on. But, yeah, I think you make – you make a, Russ makes a good point about that. It's like, yes, cap room's great, but at some point – they have cap room for two years. Right. They have cap room until these guys get off their ELC. Because yep. uh, you know Marner is going to jump up to maybe four or five million. Matthews is probably going to jump up to about six. If Nealander's still Nealander, probably three to five, somewhere between that, and it's all going to go away. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, th th this is the thing, and uh, you know, I'll I'll sort of defend the Leafs for a second, and then, you know, I mean, right now the whole thing is that the Marlies, in a sense, are are a depository of 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 players that I, some people thought we're going to make the team. And I think this sort of is a symptom of maybe Lamorello and Babcock maybe not being on the same page because I think a lot of people thought Brooks Light was going to be their fourth line center, uh, that Milan Mahalik would factor somewhere in the top nine. But after a few games into the, into the regular season, Mahalik is sent down, Light didn't even make the team, and Babcock has decided to go with the youngsters, go with guys like Connor Brown and Sashnikov. And, you know, they, they're playing, you know, on any particular night, six or seven rookies. You know, that being said, they've got young guys down with the Marlies. They've got Dimitro Timoshov. They have Andreas Janssen. They have Leipzig and, and Kappen. And, and I, you know, I've been to probably six or seven Marlies games this year. And throughout the lineup, you have AHL guys on AHL contracts like Colin Smith or Mark Andre Kleesh. Uh, you know, Brooks Light playing every once in a while, Mahalik playing every once in a while, Colin Greening playing a regular role. And some of these guys, okay, they would play there, but some of these guys are playing simply because they're down there and they're taking ice time away from young players who need to develop. Uh, I know that the AHL uh, schedule is compacted. So, you know, to have a, a, a taxi squad to bring in and out of the lineup is a good thing, but they're carrying, and I, I don't have an exact number right now because I'm not, not looking in the roster, but they're carrying over 30 players with the Marlies. On well, most most AHL teams carry a couple extra players because you play three games in right. three nights, but 30 is a lot. 30 is a lot. Yeah, it just it just, it just just seems like too many. And, it, you know, the, the young players, I mean, they don't want to overwhelm guys who have played in Europe who don't play as many games as, as the AHL does. I get that. Or players who have played in junior, they don't want them playing three games in three nights, like you just said, Dan. But right. they really want them to develop. And last year, guys like Connor Brown and Levo and Sashnikov, who came over from the KHL, they played 
you know, most every night. And Marlies were pretty good last year too. Marlies are pretty good. And, th and this year, you know, with the mix of sort of NHL veterans who are playing out their contracts, a lot of AHL contracts, they're not playing as well. And the two guys, and the two guys who are really succeeding this year are Kapanen and Leipzig, Leipzig who are trying to get to the Leafs. So I think it's affected the Marlies. Now just touching on this because it's in the news um, not that it's a, a, a massively big uh, transaction, but everything gets blown up when it comes to the Leafs. Uh, Jonas Enroth was put on waivers yesterday. He cleared this afternoon. Cleared this afternoon. Uh, he was demoted to the American Hockey League. I, I would think Russ. They've got now Kari Ramo, who they just signed to a PTO. Enroth, Sparks, and Jeff Glass. That Kyrie Ramos agents probably looking for a contract opportunity in Europe because I I don't think he's you mean Enroth or Enroth yeah. yeah yeah no I get it but you know again that was a situation where on the midday show there you know Kiprios is like yeah well you know you have to have bigger goalies and everything and it's like wait a minute preseason nobody was down on Jonas Enroth nobody no it was a good and, signing and look I get it I would rather have a six foot two six foot four goalie too. But I also think Jonas Enroth can play. And I just think it's unfair after a guy gets cut like this to just sort of pile on and say, oh, yeah, he can't play. He doesn't fit the new model. It's an easy way to go, but it's not the way I like to go because I, I think he could catch on with another team. But we'll see. If another team doesn't sign him, then he might go to Europe. But it's not like the Leafs just signed a guy that has no NHL ability anymore, can't play goal. I don't right. like to hear that narrative because it's a lot of baloney. And it's yeah. also not like the uh, the Leafs have six NHL defensemen right. on their roster right now or play great team defense. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it, what, what were people saying about Anderson after the first two, three weeks of the season? Yeah. That, that you know, oh, this guy's not that good. Well, yeah, he is. But you have to you have to keep yeah, the puck out of the high scoring areas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, and that was the thing. I mean, Anderson Anderson has played better in the last five five weeks. He's had to. last night. Yeah. And en and Enroth and Enroth has not. Uh, I mean, he's gotten four starts, all four in the second of back-to-back -back games. Has you know had one good game and the other games. I mean, I think he's also pulled some really hard teams to play against. Like yeah. a lot of teams will play the backup against lesser teams to sort of guarantee the win. It seems like the Leafs had done the opposite and had played him against a lot of hard teams and good teams. Uh, they played him against New Jersey, against Minnesota. Um, I can't remember the other ones right now, but I mean, they, they haven't been like, it hasn't been like they played him against. They haven't handpicked him against bottom dwelling team. No, no, no. no, he's no. he hasn't played against Arizona or anyone like no. that. No, it's a second game, like second game of back to backs all mm -hmm. the time. Most of them, I think every one of them has been on the road. Um, and he's oh three and one. No, the, the point, the point I was trying to make is I think there's a little bit of victimization here of, of Enroth because I definitely think that. And, and. You know, I don't think that, you know, as much as as much as Ak would like to defend Kyrie Ramo as being the second coming of Dominic Hasek or something of that nature. I, think, I thought that was Carter Hutton. Yeah, I think that I think he's I think he's pretty much an average average gold goalie who's coming off a torn ACL. Right. So he's signed a PTO. He's going to play three or four games uh, in the minors, and then uh, and right now Antoine Bebo is backing up Frederick Anderson. Frederick Anderson is probably going to get every start the next week or so while Ramo is getting uh, getting up to speed in the American Hockey League. But you know, I, I, in the end, it's like and, I, and somebody made this point, and I, I sort of agree with it is the fact that the Leafs wouldn't be making these moves if Mike Babcock wasn't hell bent on this team making the playoffs this year. Correct. I think. Mike Babcock is – I understand why he's doing it because you don't want to sort of lay down two years in a row, and they got a lot of young, impressionable guys who you want to have them you know, compete for that. Yep. But this team simply is not good enough. Right. Their defense is not good enough. And until you upgrade their defense, I think it's a, I think it's a fool's uh, errand to think that you're going – now, I'm not saying that they shouldn't try. Of course they should try. I just don't think they have enough there to make a legitimate playoff run and we'll see going down going down the, the line. But here's, here's the, the, the scary thing for the Leafs, and this is what I fear for them. They don't care because, look, it's just media-driven stuff. But in the media in Toronto, there will be a heel-turn moment for them where they go back to being the other Leafs media that covered every little second of every little detail 
very harshly, and and that hasn't happened yet. They, they that's really probably have- sometime after the All Star break next year. Yeah, this It'll team be is that moment. You'll see it happen. You'll know it's when it happens. happens. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that because I think that the I think the impression of this team. I mean, let's just say this: after Salute Gate, Kessel, Fanuf. The incompetence of John Furrier has nothing to do with the play on the ice, all that no, much. No, 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 I, I know, but I'm saying that. Okay, there was a base of negativity based on the way the team was managed, so the way the team made transactions, and it filtered down a few years ago to the way that the team played on the uh, on the ice and the way they treated the press. Everything is the slate has been wiped clean with Shanahan, with Babcock with Austin Matthews, with everything looking up, looking optimistic. Sure, I'm sure there could be a negative turn, but I think in general right now this team is on a, on a positive track, and they're I think right now the – Until Frederick Anderson loses four or five games in a row. And don't forget, John Tavares will be there in two years. That's the fa- that's the fans, Ross. I don't think that's the- no, no, no. There'll be there'll be some time in the media. I actually think the Toronto media is far worse than the Toronto fan base. The Toronto fan base yeah. understands what's happening right now. They, they totally do. do. They're an ex- they, they understand. I have not met a Toronto fan that's upset with what's no, happening because it's an exciting young team. Yeah. You have the right people in place uh, in the front office. You have the right people yeah. in place up front. I think you have a good goalie. I think everybody's doing the right thing. This is all Toronto media I'm talking about, and I'm telling you, they're waiting. They're waiting because I know I could tell that there are some of them that probably think next year they should challenge for a playoff spot, and they still might not. Um, let's let's touch on some of the games from. Ryan. I mean, let me ask you, Mike. Point blank, we don't know what's going to happen in the draft, but chances are they won't get anybody in the draft that they could insert because they'll be a little better this year, and the draft's not as good as you know last year. It is still a really good draft, but it's not as strong as last year. I can tell you that. Do you think next year they're going to vie for a playoff spot if not a lot changes? That's. I mean, that's tough to, to tough to quantify because I mean, uh, well, let's just say this. Based on the free agent market, based on you know what's out there. Well, the free agent market, like I like I've said, there's two defensemen that I'm right. as a manager. If I was a man, general manager of an NHL team, there's two defensemen I'm interested in in this upcoming free agent pool. One is Shattenkirk, the other one's Carl Alsner, and after mm-hmm. that, forget it. And yeah, you, you and 29 other teams. Right. And you, I'll make it real easy. And whoever gets, whoever, whoever gets those players who are going to severely overpay for them. So I think free agency. I really think Shankirk is going to be a Ranger. I really right. do. I felt that for three years. So I think free agency is out. The only way that they're going to get improved dramatically on the blue line is to make a trade. Either to trade some from their youth or trade a guy like Van Riemsdyk to get a to get a uh, top four defenseman. And okay. And hope- letter A is better than average chance of making the playoffs, and letter B is below average chance of making the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. Based I, on what – Right now I'd say – I mean, I'm right in the middle. Right now I'm saying like, – I, okay. I, I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do on the blue line. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give Lou Lamorello this summer and this trade deadline to see if he can find some defense because I think they, they are two defensemen away from being a playoff team, not a contender – a playoff team. You cannot have a defense right now where Jake Gardner is your second best defenseman. Maybe if he's your fourth best defenseman, fine. But right now it's Morgan Riley, Jake Gardner, Nikita Zaitsev are your top three. I only put Zaitsev third because he's a rookie, but he's right. better than Gardner. After that, I mean, I, I like guys like Connor Carrick. Maybe they, maybe they can fit in in a bottom pairing role, but they need at least two and maybe three defensemen to be a legitimate playoff team. That that's tough to do, especially the way in one off season. Ask the Florida Panthers. So that where I think where I think that's why like I'm don't even not to say not don't bother making the trip making the playoffs. Try you know do your best, compete at your highest level. But when March first comes around, if there's an opportunity to get a defenseman and you are you know possibly to trade Van Riemsdyk or somebody like Neilander to get to get a a top flight young defenseman, I do it in two seconds because that's where this team needs to go to improve to have a chance next year. I'm telling you, if they're eight points out of a playoff spot spot March first, the media will start acting like, yeah, we need to make the playoffs. And they'll start acting like Kari Ramo, if he's the goalie, needs to win important games as a backup. Because we're already starting to hear the little drips about that now. Otherwise, Enroth would still be the backup. 
I mean, he's only 0-3 and one. It's not like but, he's lost ten games. Kyrie Car- Ramos is not going to be the guy that, that, that's, that's going to be the go-to guy. That is. Not a go-to. No, 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 not a go-to. Oh, you talk about because, just getting you know, getting those throw those points just, that the back. Correct. Well, but yeah, to be no, fair, to be fair, mm-hmm. the I have I, I fully believe that the this if the media turns on them, that will have zero effect on what Lou, oh yeah, Babcock, sure. and Shanny do. They less, can than, less than zero. Yes. No. No. Oh, I. 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 You know. I. I agree. I mean, because let's just say the media could have never could have not been more negative during and, and more critical of that team during the beginning of Shanahan's uh, t- tenure in Toronto, and he went and he did what he w- did what he thought was best and went through it. And I give him a lot of credit for that because. You know, he he said we're gonna rebuild, we're gonna blow this team up, and he and he did it, and he's done it very, you know, so far has done it correctly and very quickly. Uh, he's brought in, you know, arguably the league's best coach. He's brought in a, a well-respected general manager who's got a you know great long record. Yep. It's a question of where they go from here because a lot of people have said the teardown was the easy part. Now the building up. That's true, actually. It's yeah. true. Yeah. So I mean, I, and I think that I do think that's the Edmonton Oilers. They could tell you. Yeah, but yeah. and the but the thing the thing is for us if you look see and this is the, and this is where the things could possibly get tripped up but if you look the area where the Edmonton Oilers have stumbled is the area where the Leafs are just starting to enter is upgrading that blue line now right. I don't think I don't think Edmonton has a Morgan Riley on their roster no they don't have a you know top five pick twenty two years old locked up for five for six more for six years they don't. They've got some, you know, decent defensemen. Where, where the and the Leafs, I think that the Leafs need a number one, but they're, you know, good luck. I mean, unless they make some trade that comes out of the blue. But right now, more importantly, they need competent number threes and number fours. You can get that. It's just a question of managing, you know, managing that. Maybe finding somebody in the KHL. Maybe finding somebody in Europe that can fit as fit in as a piece. Maybe it's somebody who's already in the pipeline that can come up that can come up in the next year or so. But there's a lot of uncertainty right now. So, yeah. I mean, okay. Anyway, let's let's uh, let's get to some of the games from last night. The one that I watched the most was the Washington Capitals and Buffalo Sabers. Capitals win three to two in overtime. Um, Russ, the Sabers have played a lot better since Jack Eichel came back, but there was a bit of a scare last night in the second period where Eichel went off the ice. Uh, he finished the game. But this morning, um, it was reported uh, that he is had was having treatment on the uh, high ankle sprain that he had returned from after six weeks. Was I, which I said before, you know, when he came back, that it might be a little too early. They would know they would know better. I mean, they're they're, they're the ones tracking it. But that's a type of injury that can get you know, a reoccurrence rather quickly, and it happened last night. He's saying he's okay, and I think the reason he's saying he's okay is who they're playing tonight. In Buffalo, they're playing the Edmonton Oilers. It's Eichel versus McDavid. I, think I mean, the competitive juices are flowing. There's no doubt. This injury will linger all season. Absolutely. Okay? This is how these injuries are. I've had four of them. Yeah. There's no way around it. It still lingers I'm, when you're 38 years old, too, by the way. I bet. I bet. I'm serious. I'm absolutely oh, serious. Oh, no, I bet. I had, I had a doctor look at my chart one time and said, oh, it would have been easier if you just broke your ankle. Yeah. Yeah. And so there probably was never a great time to bring him back. They brought him back when they did. We're not going to – I'm not going to expect the same Jack Eichel all year. I knew that first game he would look great because he's going to be all pumped up. But we'll see. He's just going to have to battle through it, and hopefully he'll he'll last the year. This is a marquee matchup. The team is playing 100% better with him. It's just it's the old saying. You put Jack Eichel there, all of a sudden Kane looks a little better. All of a sudden yeah. the next line looks a little better. The power That's play looks a little better. Power play is a big thing that looks better. My yeah. goodness, power play yeah. looks better. And so, it's eighty percent of Jack Eichel still really good. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so all of that helps. I just hope it doesn't hurt him down the road. I don't know. I don't even think the Sabers know. I don't think doctors really know. It's just it's, it's a bad injury. It's going to hurt the whole year. It's it's yeah. just it is. There's no doubt about it. It's just going to be like dealing with it. You hope you don't re-aggravate it. Um, the rest rest obviously is the only thing you can do really. But yeah. the thing is, it's one of those things where it's like okay, it's healthy. It's just very easy to re-aggravate. It's one. Of those, it's like there's no reason like to hold him out. If he can play, he can play. It's just something you got to deal with the whole year. It's not going to feel better until April or you know 
April or March or whenever that the Sabres aren't playing anymore. You can put his foot up for two weeks and not touch anything. Well, they're, they're a game under 500. They, you know, the thing is that they, they got most of their players back. There's still a couple and they, still, still a couple of key injuries, especially on defense now. And that, yeah. that's, that's the thing that's, that's, that's ironic here. The, they, the, the Sabres lost Kane. They lost O'Reilly for a bit. They lost Eichel. They get all of them back, and then now they start losing all their defense. Now yeah. they're calling up Eric Bergdorfer from Rochester. They've they pulled Brendan Gooley out of the Western Hockey League to play in their top four. That's how bad off they are right now. It's just it just consistent injury. Well, we shouldn't say bad off with Gooley. Gooley's got a ton no, no. of talent. I'm not saying no, but he's not ready. I'm not no. saying he's not a prospect for us. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, I know he almost made the team as an 18 year old until Dion Phaneuf, you know, put him to sleep with a center ice check. Yeah. In a preseason game, I'm I'm saying he'll be he'll be part of their mix, but I don't think they wanted him to be part of their mix until next year or two years down the line. Right? They had to they had to pull him out of the Western Hockey League because they just ran are running out of defense. I mean, they were playing Justin Falk and Taylor Fadoon and now Eric Bergdorf, and then they've cleaned out the the Rochester Americans. So could this could this year's Sabers be last year's Blue Jackets, where they're 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 a pretty good team. They're not a bad team at all. Mm-hmm. It's just the injuries keep mounting up and mounting up and mounting up. After a while, like when you lose four or five defensemen, there's only so much you can do. I think it's possible. Yeah, and I mean, I know there's been some criticism in Buffalo about Robin Leonard. It's like it's not fair to criticize Leonard. It's not fair to criticize Andrews Nilsson, who's played pretty well for them. No, it's neither of their fault. No, it's it's not their fault. It's it's it. I think it's similar to the Toronto situation where yeah. okay, Frederick Anderson's playing standing on his head, but that's no not a reason not to criticize the Leafs' defense for being bad. I, right. with, with the Sabers, it's not that their defense is bad; it's the fact that you know the, their defense has been decimated the, uh, in the same way that they were decimated the year they went to the conference final where, where we're playing. Oh yeah, you know Jay McKee was out. Uh, they were playing guys who didn't belong, and you know Rory Fitzpatrick was their number three defenseman, I think, in, in Game Seven against Carolina. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, it's still a weak spot, too, for the Sabres. We've talked about it. It was thin to begin with, and then you slash it with injuries, and it's hard to recover yeah. from it. Capital. I, I still think they're moving in the right direction, though. I really do. Yeah, they I are. I do. They, and, and Opozo has played well for them. That yes. Good signing. I, I think you're getting exactly what you thought you'd get from him. Yeah. Um, now, for the Capitals, uh, they get two goals out of Marcus Johansson. They're 14-7-3. Holpe playing a pretty good game. Russ, I don't think they're going to be the president's trophy winner as they were no. out there. I almost get the impression it's like one of these It's one of these teams that had that great regular season, and then they realized that great regular season really doesn't mean anything unless you do it when it counts. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, and I just keep peeking at this Florida-Boston game because I'm curious how that was going because I have it on the background. The, the biggest thing – I take away from this year's Caps team so far is that Alex Ovechkin now wants to be a net front presence. Now, this is an interesting thing because I'm not sure he should be because he's a guy who clearly could get hurt by a bomb or two, but it does show the intensity that he has to win a Stanley Cup and that he will literally be willing to do anything to do it. And that's why I always kill people who just, you know, malign Ovechkin because they're always like, the same thing with Lundqvist. Oh, well, when's he going to win a cup? A guy doesn't win a cup on his own. Right. He just doesn't. If you look at you look what that tells me is, okay, I can score 45, 50 goals the way I normally do, but I'm going to need to score a few goals like this in the playoffs. Yep. I'm going to need to get my nose dirty in the playoffs, so let's start doing it right now. They're yep. not as electric as they were last year, I don't nope. think. Their power play struggling. Um, I, I, they're not scoring as many goals as they did last year. They're they're not getting secondary scoring. Kuznetsov's not had a great year. Johansson's been okay. Oh, she's hurt. Uh, they just haven't been. They're, they're not clicking on all cylinders, but they're I still a really good never team. Never going to be like a top guy. No, He's but a guy he should that's still sort of be laying in the weeds that will hurt you in certain. You he know, should still be a forty-five point guy. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, it, and Backstrom's been okay, but Kuznetsov's not had a great season at all. No. Um, Berkowski scored opening night. I'm not sure if he scored since then. So they definitely have some secondary scoring issues. But while they're not as electric and they're not scoring any goal as many goals as they did last year, they're still winning. Right. It, it, their their whole season will be the starts. Their season starts the first day of the playoffs. Yeah. Look, I mean, they still have 
really good defense, probably they underrated. They have great yeah. goaltending. So they, they have the right stuff. They have a good coach. Like, they have all the right stuff. They you might know, be a little Veronis, boring this year, but they're fine. Yeah, Verona is scoreless in three games, so that's not what you want. But he's a kid, so you got to just sort of he play was it out. And last see. Night. He was noticeable last night. Yeah, and maybe that'll change, you know. But you're right. Kuznetsov, 10 points, not good enough. Burakovsky, 10 points, two goals, not good enough. John Carlson doesn't have a goal yet. Yeah. That's kind of weird. I mean, John Carlson's usually good for double-digit goals. I mean, that you know, well, even uh, TJ Oshie, 12 points in 17 games. I did not like that signing, if you remember, and I still don't like it. I don't think TJ Oshie was the right fit for them. I well, don't. The thing, the thing is, this team, the Caps, they face a sort of a turning point in the offseason because Oshie Williams are UFA, so is Alsner. Um, they they have a little bit of a question mark in terms of what they're going to do with the with expansion because they've got one too many defensemen to protect. I mean, are they going to lose a guy like Orloff, or are they going to buy out a Brooks Orpic, or you know, are they going to make make a maybe make a little side deal with their former GM and uh, get them to take somebody else so they can keep their defensemen? I mean, if Orloff's exposed, Vegas will take him. They'd be silly yeah, well, not I, to. I think there's no doubt. That's why. Yeah, I, I think that's a no brainer. You know, maybe, he's a. I like Orloff a lot. Yeah, maybe there's somebody that McPhee likes, and then I bet you he's a plus six this year. I don't think they can afford to get rid of him. But and by the way, Justin Williams is a minus six with like six, seven points, just the same as Mike Richards' game fell off to the point. I think Justin Williams' game has fallen off now to the point. Unless he revitalizes in the playoffs, I'm not sure. You know, if we're going to see him again. But you know, Oshi is somebody. I, mean, I think he's making over four million dollars. You're not going to go out and sign that that type of player to a long term deal when you know you've got Kuznetsov, you've got Burakovsky, you've got Johansson, you've got that young group there that's that's you know in their early to mid twenties. You, you know, and not to say that Oshi is old, but you know, you I think you have enough to fall back on past Ovechkin and past Backstrom that you can afford maybe to lose Oshi and maybe you know maybe give a bigger offensive role to somebody like Verona or maybe Tom Wilson can step up and score some goals. Who knows? I mean, I, I think that's probably not with Wilson, but I mean, I, I actually think he's got some talent to score. He's just he's been put in that role with the Caps as being the the you know the. The, the Energizer Bunny, and that's right now all he, he No can. comment. I know. Okay. No comment on Tom Wilson. Okay. Okay. Um, the uh, the other game that was that I that caught my eye yesterday was the Blue Jackets and Coyotes. Um, for anybody who is thinks you know that uh, the that the Blue Jackets right now are just I mean smoke and mirrors. If you watch them, they hustle. They're getting good goaltending, and Zach Warinsky Russ. I mean, boy, is he a difference maker. He is. I mean, he's he's playing the point. He's playing against top guys. He, I would, I, I, I tell people if I had to vote the Calder today, he might be my vote. And I know that's hard to say because Lionel's got all these points. And no, Matthew's I agree with you. He'd be my Saturday. vote too. He's my but vote it, too. Yeah, it's just, and, and I do get a vote most years. It's just one of these things where I'm watching him play, and he's absolutely going against the best. So is Matthews, but the difference even is he's got to run a power play too. Matthews right. isn't running a power play, and he's playing the point. And we've seen guys, if you just get a little shaky at the point, the puck goes over your stick a couple of times, you lose your position on the power play in this league. He especially is a, with Torts. Especially, yeah, especially with Torts. He is a rookie that has not had that happen, and he's really been an offensive force. He got another goal last night. He, his positional play is great. He has made that whole defense solidify because, again, he's pushed everybody down. We don't talk about Savard's contract anymore because he's now a non-factor in the position he's in. He's fine. And so, like, everything's working well for them. In March, Bobrovsky has to be healthy. If right. he's healthy in March, they're in good shape. Yeah. Well, Wierenski's the best player on, the t- on their team right now. He is. Which is crazy. And, and, and Bobrovsky's healthy. If he's healthy, this, this is a good team. And, you know – I would say I would say that uh, Yarmo Kekalainen might be an early candidate for GM of the year based on one signing, Sam Gagne. Yeah, he's been good. He fits. He fits. He fits what they're doing there. Scored two goals last night. I think I believe he has ten on the year. Um, you know, and I mean, he's well under a million dollars for on a one-year contract. I will I will tell Yarmo personally because he will be on our show this week for Hockey Prospect Radio and talking about his prospects. I will let him know that because I do think he's doing a great job. 
and they still have lots of good prospects not even on their team yet. Oh, we're yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. They they have a good thing going right now, and York, a lot of it. New York Strand, Dubois, yeah, yep. Mil- Milano, Milano. Yeah. There's yeah. Oh, they're loaded. Yeah, and and actually, I think they have a goaltender. They have a goaltender right now who's uh, I think probably would be capable of playing some games in the NHL. Uh, playing playing for their playing in their on their in their uh, AHL affiliate right now. Um, so Al Corpusalo, who's just I, he played very yeah, I like Corpusalo. I like Corpusalo a lot too. Okay, um, Panthers uh, lose to the Boston Bruins four to three in overtime. Uh, David Pasternak scores twice, has now fifteen goals on the year. The funny thing is, Dan. Last year, there were rumors about Pasternak being traded. I never believed that for a second. Nah, that was below. That's crap. I mean, well, I mean. Not to shoot it down. Not to shoot it down, but that's just absolute No, crap. I'll shoot it down. It okay. was baloney. Um, if you watch this kid play, the only thing that's held him back is his health. If he is healthy, he is an electric player, and he yeah. is going to be a bona fide superstar in this league. It's that simple. That said – I'm watching his goal from yesterday. They yeah. absolutely let him alone in the crease. How could you – in the slot. How could you leave a guy with that kind of shot alone in the slot? The was, that his first, was that his first goal? Yeah, his first goal. Oh, wait till you see it. Have you seen a second? No, not yet. Oh. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I just – here's what I've seen out of Florida. I've seen a defenseman sort of like right behind him watching – you know, not watching, but not having his stick in the way while he takes a shot and scores – I just saw a three-on-two that created the power play in the first place. I saw the first goal, which absolutely could have been prevented by Florida's defense, but they were standing around sort of watching, and I forget the guy's name for for Boston, starts with an S, just come right through, weave through two defensemen, and just did a flyby and scored, and nobody did anything about it. Nobody thought to check him. Nobody left their position. They were all in position. It was like that chalkboard that, that Herb Brooks chalkboard, but the guys didn't move. And so I'm not sure this team's any better under Tom Rowe. Yeah, I was, I was, I was gonna just about to say, so what you're saying is they're not playing any better under Tom Rowe. I mean, Yager scored a goal, and I'm gonna see him tonight. All right, hold on, he's holding it up. Yeah, I'm holding it up here. Let's see it. Let's see, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Your Wi-Fi sucks, no. It's optimum. <laughs> oh my God. Wait for- Okay. Yeah, Luongo was taking a nap on that play, apparently. Well, Matheson didn't do much to really, you know. No. Well, then see that was the point. That was the point I was going to make. I keep coming back to it, but it's it, this is a team that changed two thirds of their defense in one season. Maybe some of it was necessitated by age. You know, Willie Mitchell was at the end of it. Brian Campbell, maybe he can't play a top. Maybe he can't play with Ekblad anymore. But you're talking Matheson, Demers. Pizik, uh, uh, Yandel. But also Mike Matheson, who I think is a good prospect. They elevated him so fast this offseason. They put him on the fast track. I'm not sure he should have been put on the fast track. I guess my question is this. Did you have to trade Kulikov and Gabranson? Right. Well, you I, think you keep, I think you keep okay, – I get, I get trading Gabranson. I get that. You didn't want to pay him. He turned down what they offered. I, I totally get that. They were bad they, analytics guys, Dan. But Kulikov is good. Is not a bad analytic player. Yeah, yeah. But, but the problem was the problem was Dan. They apparently had no interest in re-signing him after this year. He's a UFA at the end of the year, and they thought, okay, it, it's sort of like it's sort of like the, what, what's going on in Toronto with Van Riemsdyk. Could you trade him a year before his contract? You. you get more for him. You get so and then Pizik. Pizik is a former first round pick. I think he's a decent prospect. He's an okay defenseman. Yeah, he's an okay defenseman. Yeah. Maybe he's a four, five, or six. And you got that for a guy who was had an expiring contract. So I don't blame him for that. But I just it, it, it was just too much changeover in one summer. That's what I blame him for. Yeah, and it's just it's it just didn't just didn't work. And and I think that they're you know they're ruining the day that they they made all those decisions. I mean, they're getting a point. They're losing games in in overtime and shootouts now, but. But they're 12, they're 12, 11, and 3, Russ. Did you expect the Panthers to be at 500? You know, Their uh, offense is showing signs of life. Uh, uh, Barkoff, looks, Barkoff looks like he's coming out of his, you know, his, his, his hibernation. They, that, the Yager has looked better the last couple of games. It's the defense that's the problem right now. They look right. offensively. They're creating chances, and it, it looks like 
Barkov's getting a point here, a point. I, I'm just waiting, and it might maybe it's not against the Flyers. I just feel like a four point night coming from him real soon. I mean, defense was always going to be the problem, though. I know. Now here's the enigma that is the Ottawa Senators. They've struggled to score goals all year, <laughs> and but they've been winning. A game they score five goals in, they give up eight to the Pittsburgh Penguins, lose yeah. eight to five. Brian Rust with the hat trick, and everybody, you know, Castle. Crosby, Malkin, they all score goals. I'm an idiot. What's I had a I had a full lineup last night for DraftKings full of penguins. Full of penguins. Full of penguins and a couple senators too. And I was like, then somewhere along the line, I decided that that wasn't going to be the high scoring game. I took them all out and I put a bunch of I put a bunch of blue jackets and not a bunch of blue jackets not named Gagne into the lineup. And that's how you come in last place in your league. Yeah. I was, so I was so mad. I was so mad. I don't play DraftKings. Yeah. Well, you know the good thing about DraftKings, if you screw up today, you got tomorrow to make up for it. There you go. <laughs> as long as you have unlimited funds, yeah. It, it yeah. So, so, sounds like me when I was betting $25 on bet on football games back in the 80s. Hey, you're betting two bucks. You only got you only got to win once a week to break even. Yeah, my bookie loved me. He saw me every week. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh I mean the, the penguin, you know, the the Penguins don't seem to be having any kind of any kind of uh, Stanley Cup hangover. Sixteen, seven, and three. They're scoring. They've gotten Matt Murray back. I know there was a story last week, Russ, that said that the the goaltending tandem of Flurry and Murray was not working. That you know they uh, sort of hinting at that Murray needs to be the go-to guy. The thing is, is I, I, I'm wondering. Everybody seems to think that this is just going to go away. This no move clause with Flurry. What if you know? What if he wants to stay? They're screwed if he doesn't well, wait. For it's not that they're screwed because I am starting to hear things from the other direction, like maybe they will trade Murray. And if you put Murray on the market, you're not screwed. You no. will get assets. And it's not like Flurry is going to prevent you from winning a Stanley Cup. He's not. So if it's just a contractual thing, where hey, we can't do anything with Flurry, and he's playing well, which he you know he played the last three games, right? They might go that way. I mean, look. Crap, man. I, I just don't need a goalie per se, but if he was available, I'd knock well, on the door. I'm just saying, I don't know if he will be, but we could see the day where he is. I they're mean, not going to lose him for nothing. No way. Right. No. Oh, okay. Jim, first of all, Jim Rutherford, if, they, if they're if they forced into, into a position to trade Matt Murray, they're not going to trade him inside their own division? No, I know that. Though. No. Arizona, I would think Arizona would be knocking on the door with all their prospects. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. But let's, 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 let's play general manager here. You're Jim Rutherford. You've got Matt Murray and the Arizona Coyotes come calling. What are you asking for, Russ? Ah, uh, I guess give me um, give me Max Domi, and I'm gonna have to take a defenseman. Stone. Yeah, I guess Stone. They'll want to give me because I could re-sign Stone. You don't have any interest in him. Give me Stone and, and Max Domi and a uh, first or a second rounder. I would say Chickering. I would say Chickering. They won't trade Chickering. I know they won't, but I would ask. They'll ask for. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, and not not that Pittsburgh needs centers. I would ask for Dylan Strome. Yeah, I don't think they'll trade Dylan Strome either. But I think if you if you got Max Domi, like, would that be bad? He I don't won't. think they try. I don't think they trade Max Domi. I don't know about that. They would trade Anthony Duclair. They would trade Anthony Duclair. Yes, but I don't think Pittsburgh would want him. Shane Doan too. Yeah. No, but I think I think Domi is a guy where you have to decide, I guess, if you're going to get a franchise goalie, yeah. am I going to lose Domi or am I going to lose Strom? Do I lose the big centerman or do I lose the other guy who's really fiery but he's smaller and I don't know what his future is as much? Yeah, I got to keep Strom if I could trade Domi. I Domi's do. proving it in the NHL and we don't know what Strom is yet. I know, but, you, but again – and you, what if you trade Dylan Strome and he turns out to be, you know, one of the ten best guys in the league? No, well, based on his family traits right now, I'd be, I'd keep. Yeah, I know I'm joking. I'd keep Max <laughs> Domi just based on his family name right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you get what I'm saying. I mean, it's a calculated risk. Yeah, if, if Flurry doesn't waive, if he doesn't waive that that no trade clause, they they, they might have to because there's Here's no the way. Thing. All right, I'll play it this way. You're you're the GM. I am the analytics other guy trying to convince you, but I'm really not the analytics guy. I'm just like, I'm doing everything. Here's what I would tell you. Max Domi is not going to win you the Stanley Cup. Matt Murray might. 
Right. So oh, no, I would do that. I would, if I would, I would do that. On holding on to, to Dylan Strom because of what he could be, but Murray's going to win us a cup down the line. Well, that's a big day for us. We just traded Matt Murray for Max Domi. That's a blockbuster. Yeah, well, there's more than that, but yeah. What yeah, about the Flames? You think the Flames would be interested, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Calgary would be interested. And Calgary, you know, they probably would include like Jankowski and maybe you could get Bodie in that deal. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say I would say if it was Calgary, you'd, you'd start with Sam Bennett. You could start with Sam Bennett, and they might trade Bennett. Yeah. But, but even if I got Jankowski and and Bodie and a, and a first rounder, I take that. And another another team that another team that could potentially be interested would be a team like Dallas. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I I would start. I mean, Julius Honka would be right on the list there. Himmerlingberg. And throw in Valerie Nikushkin. And can you imagine him playing with, with it would be the rights to him, yeah. The rights to him. And Nikushkin would come right back to the NHL. Oh yeah. Uh, two seconds to play with Malkin. Are you kidding me? He'd get that um, phone call. He would be like Dos Medanya that yeah. NHL. Yeah. For us, a number of a number of uh, European teams uh, announced their rosters, the preliminary rosters for the for yeah. the World Junior that starts, I believe it starts on Boxing Day, uh, both in Toronto and Montreal. Um, I'll be there later in the series in Toronto. Yeah, last day. Last Not in Toronto. Sorry, in Montreal. Actually, I got to put my cat away. Give me one time. <laughs> uh, the, Grab her the, by the. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, last yeah. lasting until lasting until January fifth. Uh, Sweden, uh, yeah. Russia, Finland all announced. The Team USA announced their roster. We need um, to take a kitty timeout. Yeah, there you go. But one of the things that was, and you know, last yeah, year, I said Bodie, it's Brody. I don't know what Brody. Yeah, All right, we we understood. We you were correcting me. Last last year, it was a it was a very nice opportunity for draft Knicks to get a preview of the 2016 draft because we saw Matthews, we saw Lion A, yep. we saw Ulevi, we saw yep. RV. Uh This year, and you know, I'll. Put the caveat. I, I tweeted something out there yesterday and said, you know, uh, Timothy Liljegren, who's the Swedish defenseman, he's not on Sweden's roster. Kaylor Yamamoto, who's playing in the Western Hockey League and scoring in, in great. Almost games, a goal a game. Almost a goal a game. He's not on Team USA's roster. It came out yesterday. Bob reported Nolan Patrick. We'll talk about it. Hold yeah. on. Nolan Patrick uh, is not recovered from his injury uh, and probably wouldn't pass the medical to play for Team Canada. So you have conceivably three players in the potentially top five, top ten who will not be in this tournament. Now, starting with and now the thing is that can change with injuries. Uh, if if Liljegren is healthy because he's just coming back, I think I think it was mono. They could be added at the eleventh hour. But right now, it doesn't look like these players are going to make it. And, I mean, Russ, I, when I saw Yamamoto not making it, the thing I immediately came to mind was Jeremy Brocco last year and it, how yep. a smaller player, they'll wait till they're a little stronger at age 19. At least that seems to be what Team USA well, I don't know about that. So so here's the thing. Okay. Did Brocco make the preliminary? Yes, he did. All right. Yeah, they, they weren't, they weren't going to miss on him again. Yeah. Like, they generally don't miss on a guy two years in a row. Um, That's just during the Olympics. <laughs> so Brocco, they got right. But I look at a few things on this team. I look at Patrick Harper, who plays for BU, 5'9", 175. He's a little more than a point a game for BU. Yamamoto is almost a goal a game in, in the dub. I am going to go with the guy who's a goal a game. I'm sorry. NCAA yep. is great. I always I, – I, I cover college hockey – I don't cover every division, every league, but clearly the ECAC and, and such. And I got to tell you, I'm going to take Yamamoto over him. Like, I just, I'm shocked that if we're going to think about size, that this guy can't make it. But that's one thing. But then I also look at, you know, the coach, the coaches from St. Cloud and Jack Akan, who's five foot seven, 170, as a defenseman, is on the preliminary roster. I got to tell you, they, I don't want to be an anti-size guy, but he better blow everybody away because once upon a time there was a guy named Kate Fairchild who was on the USA roster who also played for the same team that was, you know, basically the coach's team and was horrible, and he was an undersized defenseman. And if you remember, guys, he got clobbered in, in World Junior action. 
And so what I'm basically saying is it's better to have a bigger defense. The forwards don't matter as much to me for size. They're doing a little bit of the opposite because if you look at – and they want a mobile system. They explain that the coach likes a mobile system. I'm all for it. You know, look, Adam Fox, very mobile. McAvoy will be a beast. Khalid yes, Jones is very good. Ryan Lindgren is terrific. But then they've got, you know, Chad Chris, who's excellent. I like Chad Chris. Casey Fitzgerald, he's really good, but he is 5'11". You know, Fox is 5'10". Chris is 5'11". Is Bellows on the team? Yes. Huh? Yeah, Kiefer Bellows. Kiefer yeah. Bellows, uh, Jordan Greenway. Uh, they have big forwards. They have the entire small. Boston University roster. Probably. Yeah, they have big forwards. They have smaller um, defensemen. But here's the thing about BU. Like, BU is an all-star team, and sometimes when you add guys from that team, you're you're adding guys because other players make them better. I don't know if that's the case with Harper. We'll see how he does. Maybe he won't even make the team. But, again, it's easy to he's pick players. He's been BU's best player, though. Yeah, but, you know, again, he's only their best player because Clayton Keller got injured. Keller's their best player. No, I'm just saying right now. Yeah. Right now. That's just fine. Based on their play. And Yamamoto is the is – the, pretty much the best player in all of junior hockey. I agree. <laughs> so which one do you think carries more weight? Oh, I, obviously. But I mean, maybe there's another player you can leave off and, and take both of them, I guess. Is one yeah, I mean, Eric Foley. Eric Foley from Providence. I haven't seen a lot of them. Foley's good, too. He's having a nice year. Okay. But you don't sound like he's a, you know, an elite but no, he, but he, but, uh, Foley's having a nice year. I think he's a nice player. But I'm taking the guy who's scoring a goal a game. Right. Well, that's the thing. I'm, these yeah. are guys that I've picked out that aren't elite players. Bellows hasn't been great. Bellows hasn't been great this year. I mean, he's an elite talent, but he hasn't been. Right. You know, he looks. Let me rephrase that. Bellows looks like a freshman in college. Okay, and that's fine. But Brock Besser, clearly an elite talent. Sure. Colin White, sure. Clayton Keller, you know, Tate Green, Thompson. Greenway's been Brock, very good too. Yeah, to bring it. Those yeah. are elite talents. Logan Brown, like these are guys that you know. But then you go to Troy Terry. Troy Terry's okay. He's on a good team. Okay, so there. It looks like again they are building a team with a fourth line, and I'm not for that. We'll I want you to give me the give me the twelve best players. Yeah, yeah up that's, front, that's, that's up front. Right. Give me the twelve best that, players. You can't tell me you can't take him as the extra forward. That is not the USA Hockey model. And what, and what is that model winning? We no, but we, we well, they win a lot in the under 18s. They do. Right, yeah, they do. Right. But other than that. Because at, the under, because at the under-18s, they choose just all the best players. But we've seen this in the Olympics, and we've seen it in, the, in, in, in World Juniors, Ross. How's that working it's out? Not, it's, not just, it's not just Ron Wilson. It's right. not no, just like it, it's, it's this good old boys club. It's, no, no, no. This is the model that they – It's they, just the model. That's what it is. The model's broken. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll I mean, see. I think – I, you look. You look at Team USA's roster. I think that it's pretty strong. It I, is pretty strong. I, I think you know probably Tyler Parsons, who won a Memorial Cup last year, is going to be the go-to guy in goal. Maybe, you know, um, but I'm not ready to say that yet. I really like Jake Ottinger to the point okay. where I need to see what he looks like in camp. And and Wall's good, but Wall's sort of like that. And I don't want you know Leaf fans to jump all over me. I think Wall is a good goalie. I don't know if he's a great goalie. And that's the thing. I think Wool will be a good backup regardless to either one of the other guys. Yeah. And, I mean, the, I'm not sure if they usually carry two or three, but uh, – They could they could go either way, but, you know, depends how they want to go. Yeah, so um, – Probably going to be only two, but sometimes they've carried three. But, but I mean, I, I don't – and, and this is just a, a sort of a flippant comment. I, I just don't think right now, looking at the rosters, I said they saw them as they unfolded. I don't see this as a as a star-studded World Junior that was in Toronto and Montreal two years ago, or that was in Helsinki uh, last year. It's going to be good. It's just not going to be as impactful in terms of the drop coming draft. Yeah, I mean, if there's an injury, I think Yamamoto could make it, but I'm not going to hold my breath. I think. Lil Jagrin is the guy where he could be inserted last minute because he had mono. He just came back like a week and a half ago. And maybe even doctors said we don't know if he'll be 100% for that, even though he's playing in the, in the Swedish Hockey League. And so maybe that is a situation where so many games in so many days, they didn't know what he would be like after mono. I'm guessing that's it. If they just did it straight off a of talent, they're crazy. But I don't know if that's the situation, and we'll never find out because it's Sweden, and I don't 
you know, my Google Translate isn't up to having me find out. So unless someone tells me on, from a press conference what the thinking was, I'm not going to know, right? I'm just going to show up and watch him play. Right. But I thought Liljegren would be on the team, but I also didn't know he was going to get mono, you know, a month ago. Um, well, one, fi one final note, there was some speculation that possibly Jesse would be um, potentially by the Edmonton Oilers to play for Team Finland. Uh, according to Bob McKenzie, there has been no request, but if Finland did request, they would get a firm NO from the Edmonton Oilers. So you're not going to see Pugliarvi in the World Junior. Um, I mean, that's a that's a double-edged sword. I I don't I don't know if that's the best answer because is it really going to kill the Edmonton Oilers if he's gone for two weeks? Is it? No, it seems like it would. You know, but I mean, could it make the player better when he comes back? We've seen players who have come back from the World Juniors and go back onto their NHL teams with a big, you know, chest thump and and a lot more points. Where's Jesse at in points right now? Okay, I'll look it up. Since I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up. Okay, hold on, almost yeah. there. Well, while you, while you're doing that, I'll just say that there are. <laughs> Uh, nine games on the schedule tonight. All right, here we go. Uh, go ahead. He is. He has one goal, six assists, seven points in 20 games, plus four. Okay, yeah. so, I mean, that's a guy who I would send to the World Juniors. It is. Yeah, they're – I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm with either way. I mean, it, it, yes, he's going to – he could go there and dominate and play great. And uh, he, he's a big confidence boost. It could be, but I don't think he lacks confidence right now. I think he's playing well. I think the last couple sure, weeks I he's played well. I think he's playing well. okay, but he's not playing where you would say, we can't get rid of – we can't let him go because he's too important to the team. I get that. Yeah. But that's fine. It's Edmonton's choice. We all want a good tournament. We, all, we, we do. But, you know, yeah. it's very rare these NHL teams let players go off their active roster. I know. They let them go in the HL. They yeah. let them go, you know, another, you know, but but very rarely do you see someone go off off an NHL roster. Sure. Nine games in the NHL tonight. The two highlighted games, I would say, are the Rangers and Islanders. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's Grabner mania. Uh, he's not playing tonight. Oh, that's right because of his. That's There's right. There's a death in the family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too bad. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, you know he would have scored two tonight. At least. Yeah. And, wait, and all right, so wait. I got. We got to ask Dan's prediction. You can forget it. You can go on in a minute. But, Dan, this is a hot-button game because these are the kinds of games, even though the Islanders have played a little better lately, they're only eking out points. If they were to lose 5 nothing, would that would that do it for Jack? No. Still wouldn't. Another thing, they could lose 68 to nothing, and Jack will probably get another vote of confidence. Garth okay. Snow has tied his, 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 his horses to a wagon with one wheel. Okay. You know, I mean, look, they're roommates. So, you know, he's, you're going to kick, you know, you're going to fire the coach who's living in your basement. <laughs> Everything and, about this is weird. It's so freaking weird. And the other, the other game on the schedule. I think it's a 5-2 Ranger win. Jeez, will you let me finish? Uh, <laughs> is the Edmonton Oilers. The lock does play really well against the Rangers, though. Uh, Connor McDavid versus Jack Eichel. We should keep interrupting Mike. That was, uh, yeah, that's really working, working for me. Uh, McDavid was not healthy when the Oilers came to Buffalo last year. Eichel did have a high ankle, a reoccurrence of his high ankle sprain last night in Washington, but is apparently going to tough through it, as we were talking about earlier, and play. Um, should be, it should be an interesting game, Russ, but, uh, you know, I – I don't get the see. I don't get the big McDavid Eichel dynamic. It's not like there isn't. I mean, this is just media driven. It'll be fun to watch. I'll certainly flip between that and Rangers Islanders. But while I'm covering the Flyers game, I'll definitely have the Rangers Islanders on on my phone. Like, there's just there's. I don't miss any of those games. I just don't. People would know that. But I think this is a good game. I don't think you know Jack Eichel versus Connor McDavid is any kind of rivalry. I don't know if we'll ever become a rivalry because they just don't play enough. Right, it's hard. It's impossible in different conferences. But yeah. this, these are when they're when the schedule makers are making the schedules with the rights holders. These are the games the league got to put on nationally. Yeah. this is how you grow the game. Like, yeah. look, I get. Oh, we got to put the Penguins on and things like that. Well, okay, 
How about when the Oilers play the Penguins, you put that game on nationally? You gotta put these. You gotta showcase these stars. You do. Well, it's just uh, stupid. Oilers and Sabers, I think, is only local coverage. So uh, yeah, it's stupid. I think. It's by so the way, stupid. I think this Flyers Florida game is important for Florida. I, I feel a five four game tonight in that game. I feel. I feel. I don't know. I think there's going to be definitely going to be higher scoring. But Mason's playing well, so I think he could hold Florida to, to three. And I could see the Flyers winning like five three. I could see that. And the thing is, Florida's got to play better defense. Their offense. Their offense is bailing them out, but until – and look, I think we should look at this realistically, and I think this could be our last point. But yes, how many but years does Roberto Luongo have left? Yeah. Really good years. Two, maybe? Two. That's it. This year or next yeah. year. And, yeah. and the fallback plan is James Reimer. For Dan Petru and Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching, and remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey.